everyone, and welcome back to the Spooky Corner. I am Nathi, your horror movie lover, but for this movie specifically, I am the super creepy janitor that seems to know all the secrets about the school. Dun, dun, dun. Hi, everybody. I'm Z, and uh, I came up with nothing because <laughs> I did not understand what urban legends were prior to this episode which is why this movie confused me. <laughs> but we're going to talk more about that later. Yeah, can't wait. Ah. So yeah, special shout out to Nicole, one of our listeners, for suggesting that we watch this film. She did mention that it was a birthday request. So happy birthday, girl. Or what? happy late birthday. <laughs> yeah, I know your birthday is on the 18th. I'm not sure when we're dropping this. So either happy birthday or happy late birthday. But thank you so much for suggesting this. If you, listener, have any suggestions, you can feel free to email spookycornerpodcast at gmail.com and we will watch them. Yay. <laughs> yes, that's right, folks. We actually read our emails. Oh, I know. Crazy. That's so scary. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. I never read my emails. Was it was it scarier than this movie, Z? Uh, I mean, I read the script. So, oh, one thing that we should say is that going forward, we're kind of shifting the structure of our podcast a little bit in the sense that I will be primarily focusing on reading scripts and watching pieces of the movie and Nati will continue to read, I mean, watch (laughs) the movies. And also read about the movies because I love my movie Wikipedias. Woo! Yeah, but um, we're kind of shifting it so that I can kind of look at how the script translates onto the screen and Nazi can look at how the movie connects with uh, bigger society by reading about <laughs> it in different places. Oh, that's so hefty. Oh. Ooh, <laughs> you got the big job, honestly. All right. All right. I got this. But yeah, it's really cool that Z is going to be doing us a favor by sitting down and reading the script, because as we noticed during our The Witch episode, there are some scenes that did not make it into the final cut and are very meaningful to the movie. Yeah. And there are just also like little things here and there that kind of, um, I guess, illuminate more of the process behind the movie that sometimes doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some things that could be liberally interpreted on the screen whereas on the script it is right there yeah and you, and you cannot deny it yeah. yeah you read it and you're like okay oh. got it <laughs> oh so that's what robert eggers meant in the witch ah, yeah. <laughs> concerned <laughs> so yeah urban legend is a 1998 slasher film directed by jamie blanks and written by silvio orata and it's starring everyone's favorite, I say ironically, Jared Leto, Alicia Witt, Rebecca Gayhart, and Tara Reid, our 90s fave. This is the first installment in the Urban Legend film series. That's right, everyone. There's more than one. Whoa. (laughs) I know. We're not going to watch the other ones. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) it was filmed in Toronto in 1998 and released in the U.S. later that year. It grossed, actually, surprisingly a lot of money. It grossed $72.5 million worldwide on a budget of $14 million, which kind of blows my mind. Yeah, that's a really good uh, ratio. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess good for 
Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. So this film received generally negative reviews from critics. Wah, wah. With cheap criticisms being that the film was a blatant ripoff of Scream, which I shall argue later on in this episode. And this film has been credited by both cinema and folklore scholars as being one of the first major films to redistribute well-known urban legends and folklore depicted within to the public. Yeah. So as I previously mentioned, I didn't really get urban legends. So as a result of that, I can't really critique the movie from a standpoint of what was it because I didn't understand it. So we're going to be changing a few things about our episode structure. We're not going to have the character breakdown and we'll be focusing more on theme and things that we noticed in reflection to the urban legends. So now we're going to move on into the plot. Yeah, so at Pendleton University, student Michelle Mancini is seen decapitated by a killer hidden in the backseat of her car during a rainstorm. Meanwhile, at the local campus coffee shop, students Parker, sorry, student Parker regales friends Natalie and Brenda with a story about a massacre that occurred on their very own campus in Stanley Hall, a now abandoned door dormitory to dormitory journalism student and uh, general student would stick up his butt paul played by jared leto pops in only to discredit this urban legend and then fucks off and goes to wherever the fuck else i don't know (laughs) news of michelle's murders quickly spreads the following day but the dean adams and campus police officer reese seem determined to bury the story damon a jokester fraternity member attempts to console natalie In Damon's parked car, Natalie rejects his sexual advances. When Damon goes outside to urinate, he is attacked by an assailant in a hooded parka who hangs him from a tree. Natalie flees to retrieve help, but Damon's body and car have disappeared when she returns with Reese. Parker and his girlfriend, Sasha, assure Natalie that Damon has pranked her. Later, Natalie's roommate, who's super goth and I love her, is strangled to death by the killer while Natalie sleeps. She then awakens the next morning to find a message scrawled in blood on the wall reading, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Natalie confides to Brenda that Michelle was her high school friend and that the two received probation for causing a fatal car accident while driving with their headlights off and pursuing the first driver who flashed them. Paul, meanwhile, investigates local urban legends and discovers that the Stanley Hall massacre was in fact real and that Professor Wexler, their professor of American folklore and urban legends, was its only survivor. Dean Adams is murdered in the campus parking garage. Meanwhile, Natalie, Brenda, and Sasha attend a fraternity party coinciding with the massacre's 25th anniversary. During the party, Parker is incapacitated by the killer in the bathroom, who murders him by forcing pop rocks and bathroom chemicals down his throat. Meanwhile, Sasha leaves the party to host her late-night talk show at the campus radio station. During the broadcast, she is murdered by the killer with an axe. Natalie soon finds Paul and Brenda on campus. Paul, convinced that Wexler is responsible, escorts them away in his car. They stop at a gas station, and while Paul is inside, Natalie and Brenda find Wexler's mutilated body in his car trunk. The two women flee through the woods back towards campus as Paul pursues them. They unfortunately become separated, and Natalie flags down the university's janitor, who just so happens to be passing by in his truck. He picks her up, but their car is promptly forced off the road by the killer. 
who pursues them in a separate vehicle. They crash, and that ends up killing the janitor, but Natalie leaves unscathed and flees on foot. While passing Stanley Hall, Natalie hears Brenda's screams from inside. In the building, she finds her friend's corpses, along with an apparently dead Brenda outstretched on a bed. However, Brenda knocks Natalie unconscious moments later. When Natalie comes to, Brenda reveals herself as the killer, enacting revenge for her fiancé David Evans, the fatality in the road accident Natalie and Michelle caused. Brenda is thwarted by Reese when Reese arrives and holds a gun to Brenda. Brenda manages to stab Reese with a switchblade, and Paul comes upon the scene. Natalie gains control of the gun, shoots Brenda, who falls out of a window. Natalie and Paul leave to get help for Reese. As they drive away, the two talk about how this will later be an urban legend and all the facts will appear to be misconstrued. Paul asks, well, if this is an urban legend, where is the twist? Brenda then appears in the backseat and attacks them with an ass. Paul crashes the car on a bridge, causing Brenda to go through the windshield and into the river. Man, that scene was wild. Yeah. Later, a group of students at a different university have recounted the events of Brenda's killing spree, during which they say that her body was never discovered. (laughs) Most of them disbelieve the tale with the exception of one young woman who looks just like Brenda, and she claims that the story was incorrectly told and begins to tell them how the story really goes. Dun, dun, dun! All right, y'all. That was a very convoluted plot. Yeah, and heavy spoilers. It missed missed some of the kills too, right? Yeah, I cut those out (laughs) for the sake of time. That's fair, but yeah, that those were not the only kills. There are more kills in this plot. Yes, which we will get more into in a bit after we come back from a break. And we're back. Yay. Yay. So I once again forgot to draw out my actual drawing for this episode. So I'm just going to go ahead and describe it. Okay. Yeah. So I did read a couple reviews on this movie talking about how it was like a scream ripoff and blah, 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 blah. So my argument in that is that it's not really a scream ripoff. And my drawing was going to be a picture of Brenda with her beautiful curly hair with a speech bubble that says, wait a minute, am I an urban legend? Very nice. Very nice. Do you have any, any guesstimates why I wanted to make that drawing Z? Didn't you? You made one of Scream, which says, am I the problem? Is that a reference to that one? Your previous drawing? Kind of. I think it's more so in the fact that like, This story becomes so much better if you take a step back and think about how the whole plot and all of its craziness is actually an urban legend, like they say at the end. That's true. I think I think this suffers in that it's like tonally similar to Scream, even though this (laughs) this has like like more if you know the urban legends, I think this plot has more meat to it, actually, because Mm -hmm. it like references things that exist in pop culture. But because it's so tonally similar to Scream, I think it kind of loses its own distinction. Yeah. And I would say that this movie is a perfect embodiment. Like this one and Scream are perfect examples of the 90s slasher era that Uh, really dominated. Um, Because it's kind of convoluted and cheesy like Scream. You know, like it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. Had I known what the urban legends were prior to watching this, it would have made more sense. But because I didn't know, it's just like, oh, okay. No, but there... 
I, I definitely get it though. There are some similar parts to Scream. Like the fact that they have a party in the middle of the film. It's just like, are you are you kidding me? Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah. Y'all, y'all could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> so Z. Yeah. I know you had the pleasure of reading the script, and I was just wondering. Did you recognize any of the urban legends? I mean, you brought up Bloody Mary, which yes, I did recognize Bloody Mary, but like none of the other ones. I didn't know any of them. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm such a nerd. Okay. I recognize quite a few of them. Oh. Yeah. So quick backstory. I used to be obsessed with this TV show when I was like in middle school Mm -hmm. and it was called Urban Legends. Mm -hmm. And I actually found it. It's on Tubi if people want to watch it, similar mm-hmm. to this film. And what they do is they present three different stories mm-hmm. and two of them are fake. Two of them are urban legends. And one of them actually happened. So the whole premise of the show is trying to guess between what's real and what's fake. And it's kind of just a good way to see, you know, just how plausible it is for urban legends to spread because they're so convoluted in a way, but also a little believable I see that's how you knew all of them because you just you just were indoctrinated into this as a child yeah no the the worst part of this movie for me which was the dog death scene in the microwave Mm -hmm. that was in the show as well oh okay so you already yeah mm -hmm. and it was one of those things I was like wow I really didn't want to relive this but I guess we're here so (laughs) I guess I'm just watching this again that's great I see yeah no that's that's really interesting I mean the first thing that struck me about this film is just like how I guess people really talked differently in movies in the 90s (laughs) It was a different time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like reading the script and I was like, this is, I, I don't think I talk like this today. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was like just the film industry being different or just the fact that people spoke differently back then. Cause you know, obviously this was a little bit before our time. Hmm. Um, but I, I made a running list of all the super like, I guess cliche 90s things that if they were if they were if someone to present it to us now I'd be like oh that's not real like that didn't happen but they all happened in this film and I was just like what the fuck wow wow that's that's really interesting yeah because for me I was like this is just I I don't think people talk like this I I I don't think people are this like snappy with each other (laughs) it's all just Brenda fucking (laughs) Brenda oh my god Yeah, yeah Okay, I'll be honest. I had no idea Brenda was the killer. Mm. And I like the fact that there are a fuck ton of red herrings in this film that mm. kind of kept me from guessing that. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, it's different from Scream where it's like the blatantly obvious answer is the answer. Mm. Whereas in this one, you literally had no way of guessing until mm. they do like the final reveal. And she's like, yeah, you killed my my fiance that I had when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to murder all your friends and everyone that you love and also some douchebags on campus. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I also didn't get any clue as to who it was when I was reading it. I was just like, okay, this... It was very confusing for me because I didn't know the urban legend. So I was like, okay, this person is is trying their best at something that I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> there has to be a reason behind this. But I don't what? know what it is, but 
but I guess if you want to kill people like that, it's a free country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I will say that, okay, so I do like the fact that this movie obviously gets into urban legends, um, and it also gets pretty meta. Like, there's, uh, we were talking about this before filming, but there's a certain point when Natalie realizes that these killings all seem a little similar to her and Mm. she goes into a library and checks out an urban legends book Mm. which just so happens to detail two of the seven that I counted legends that we see in the movie Mm. so after that like they literally won't stop saying urban legend in the fucking script like every 10 lines and it's just like you can make a drinking game out of this this is insane yeah like, and they even get say it. ul because urban legend was getting too yeah brenda fucking said ul <laughs> that was so funny <laughs> you can tell she was done with the script she's like uh-uh, i'm just shortening it we've said it enough times no 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 yeah yeah <laughs> oh that was so funny yeah i do think the actress for brenda had like a lot of like change like she like really turned it up in that last scene you could tell she just took the lines and she ran with it yeah honestly i was a little like taken aback because like mm-hmm. we kind of talked about in scream how billy loomis was a super believable obvious killer but Stu was like the more crazy one you know it was a little bit more bottled and you kind of see that with Brenda as well where like she's so calm and collected and and she's planned everything ahead so she was fucking terrifying did I believe that Brenda this like very fit looking young woman had the strength to hoist up all these dead bodies into the abandoned dormitory like at the end really but I'm not gonna question that yeah I mean if she she's already this much of a mastermind she probably just like had some I don't know old elevator shaft or whatever oh my god like those old-timey elevator shafts (laughs) that just keep going and they don't stop that would be awesome but yeah that final scene when Natalie's running towards the dorm Stanley Hall because she hears Brenda calling for help and then she goes up and she sees all these dead bodies from everyone that was insane like at a certain point she becomes so desensitized that she just pushes past Damon's body to go find Brenda and like it was one of those moments where it's like holy shit like this is a is about to go down yeah this is intense this is happening Uh yeah 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 and I will also admit I love the fact that they shoot Brenda and she falls out the window But then it cuts to a later scene where Jared Leto's character and Natalie's character are in the car and she just happens to be in the back of the car. And it's like, how the fuck did you survive that fall? (laughs) It was a three-story fall. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. How did, I mean, it's the urban legend part, right? It's the urban, take a drink. It's the urban legend. Yeah. I'm reading the part in the script where it's describing like all the dead bodies and I'm trying to see if I notice anything from there. I really hope there's a line that's just like cheap ripoff of a haunted house. Insert bodies here. It's actually like very, very, uh, it's pretty serious. So it's like Natalie climbs um, interior room 202. A small room with two beds. Suddenly, the door slams closed and Brenda screams. Natalie whips around to the door and grabs a knob, trying to open it. No luck. She looks around, spots a door, and runs over there. 
She grabs the knob and opens it. A barrel falls out of the closet. Parker's lifeless body tumbling out of the barrel. Natalie screams and backs away. She backs into the bed. Suddenly, she stops. She looks down and sees that there is a hand sticking out from the covers. Natalie doesn't move. She reaches slowly for the covers. She grabs it and pulls it back to reveal Dean Adams' bloody corpse. Natalie screams and runs towards the door. She throws it open and screams when Damon's body flies out at her. He's hanging from the ceiling, a noose around his neck. His face is still flecked with blood. Various types of chains hang from the ceiling. Natalie pushes past Damon's body and into the small hallway. She comes to a door and pushes it open. So actually, um, the desensitization part, that was something that the actress added because it's not Ooh. written here. That's that's why I wanted to bring it up because I don't remember her being desensitized. And, oh. uh, you know, I think it was a good choice on the part of the actress to like change up how she was reacting to the bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, at a certain point, it does make sense because she's mm-hmm. lost so many loved ones and also people she's mildly tolerated at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were a couple deaths that really surprised me. Like I, I wasn't expecting the dean or the professor to die. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is because I sucked and I totally fell for the red herring and I thought the professor was behind it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like there, we kind of mentioned it in the in the plot summary, but it is revealed that the Stanley Hall massacre was real and that Professor Wexler was the only survivor. So in that moment, I was like, <gasps> he was the killer like he's the one who did it yeah and the fact that Mm -hmm. the dean gets paul fired from the newspaper doesn't help yeah because it's kind of like he's covering it up right yeah and then he gets natalie like what like probation or whatever yeah yeah honestly i i stopped caring at that point but (laughs) but yeah there's another scene where the killer kills parker who's our local frat douchebag by forcing him to eat pop rocks and bathroom chemicals by shoving those down his throat. And that was previously referenced in Wexler's class. Yeah. Where he disproved that urban legend that mixing pop rocks and soda would make your insides explode, which I think is such a fun urban legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a lot of good callbacks in this movie. I It definitely did have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also really like cheesy and fun. So I, I love this film. I'm so happy that we got to watch it. Thank you yeah. again to our listener, Nikki. Next question. What is your favorite urban legend? Or do you have any favorite urban legends? I am so happy you asked. I literally linked it in our shared Google Doc. <laughs> yeah, so I do oh! have mm-hmm, oh. this one. Yeah. So I'll admit, I tried to find the version of the urban legend that I had read a long, long time ago when creepypasta was still a thing. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find the exact version. I found this iteration of it, but it kind of fits into the film, at least the version that I know and was terrified by as a youth. Ah. So the urban legend that will forever live in my brain rent free is beautifully called by its Wikipedia page as the licked hand. So let me just do a real quick brief summary of the story. So a very young girl is home alone for the first time with only her dog for company. Listening to the news, she hears of a killer on the loose in her neighborhood. 
terrified. She locks all the doors and windows, but she forgets about the basement window and it is left unlocked. She goes to bed, taking her dog to her room with her and letting it sleep under her bed. She wakes in the night to hear a drip, 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 dripping sound coming from the bathroom. This noise frightens her, but she's too scared to get out of bed and find out what it is. To reassure herself, she reaches a hand towards the floor for the dog and is rewarded by a reassuring lick on her hand. The next morning, when she awakes, she goes to the bathroom for a drink of water, only to find her dead, mutilated dog hanging in the shower with his blood slowly dripping onto the tiles. On the shower wall, written in the dog's bloods, are the words, humans can lick too. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so I remember reading this as a kid and being like, oh, fuck, <laughs> that's fucked up. But the version that I read, instead of saying humans can lick too, it says, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Oh, okay, so that's yeah. where that came from. I see, I see, yeah. Yeah, so that's the one I read. It was probably some weird, lame, creepypasta conglomerate. But that urban legend of uh, two girls in a shared dorm and then one of them being murdered is also an urban legend that circulated around like the 60s or 70s. I see. Yeah, because I was I was thinking about these and like I I have never heard of an urban legend prior to the era of Snopes.com. So, like, you know, whenever I hear them, I just go, Snopes says it's fake. It must be fake. It's <laughs> the over. Inter- the internet doesn't lie to me. It's not fake. about urban legends. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I do think that, like, it's interesting, right? Like, yeah. I feel like in a way, stories like these, like these types of urban legend, like we can go back and be like, oh, yeah, that's fake because they existed pre-internet. But I will say there are some stories I feel like I've read on Reddit that do not ring fully true. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I mean, I just I just feel like these types of urban legends are best spread mouth to like, you know, mouth to yeah. mouth, like different people. And as they tell them, they exaggerate them. And you can't just mm-hmm. Google the urban legend online to figure out whether or not it's true. Like, So they're very like bound in their time period. And I think as a result of that, like maybe in 1998, they held more power over people because it was like, oh, do you think it's true? Oh my God. And like, you know, using things that people had all heard before and maybe they believed in to like tell a new story about that. Whereas like now I just, I feel like detached from any urban legend. Like, yeah, if I read it on Reddit, I'm not going to believe it. Like, you know, I, I, I read everything with this degree of like, I don't think that's true. (laughs) I love it. Question everything. Yeah. Um, Trust nothing. Yeah. (laughs) I will say, so that Urban Legends TV show that I was obsessed with, it's Mm -hmm. from the early 2000s. So it was still in like the early phases of the internet, which is what made it fun. Yeah. Which does make sense. You know, like something like that, that was like Mm -hmm. in those days, like debunking things or like, you know, explaining Mm -hmm. things. And you had to actually do a lot of research to figure it out. They kind of show it in the film as well. They do have some very early uses of the internet and technology with the goth roommate who's using IM messaging, like old school messaging. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of sad that this film didn't take more advantage of that. And like, instead of making Natalie go to the library, 
they she could have like looked this up online yeah or know? I mean she could have done both as well yeah yeah but I, think, I think once again though it's a product of its time and books books <laughs> <laughs> oh yes my good old book that I looked up using those little card thingy I don't even know what it's oh called. yeah that's yeah, the other thing the card catalog with the names mm-hmm. of the people who had previously checked out the book you can't oh, even yeah. get that information now because people aren't going to tell you that yeah that's private now oh yeah and that was another red herring because natalie had checked out the book and you could see damon had checked who had, out. yeah uh-huh he had he had this was after he had been murdered but she could see that he had checked it out so it was kind of one of those red herrings of like hmm, was his death real because they never found the body oh yeah it was fun trying to work through the different characters and trying to figure out who the killer was uh those are my favorite types of slasher films and i don't typically like slasher films mm-hmm. it's not my favorite genre um unless it's like super campy like this one i see i see mm-hmm. but yeah did you have any favorite urban legends that were depicted in the movie no because i didn't know what they were (laughs) i mean all the death scenes were urban legends yeah but i mean reading them is like different you know i read things and i'm like oh that's a lot of work brenda you must be (laughs) getting very strong like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god honestly she was like super buff or something i know she should have been getting more and more buff that should have been what they did with her as the movie goes on they should have just showed like the swimming scene where brenda's just like cutting through the fucking water like michael phelps style because she's so buff she can lift a grown man by herself yeah yeah absolutely Oh man, but I do think that was genius because that's another red herring. Um, you know, you think that Brenda's gonna die when she's swimming in the pool and Natalie mm-hmm. for some reason is looking at her, mm-hmm. and then it just turns out to be a random person with a parka, and it's like, ooh, yes, good. Oh. I know you planted this, Brenda. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or like everyone had the same Sears catalog in the 90s and they just all I mean everyone has Canada goose nowadays. So that's you know. true. Yeah. Oh that's true maybe that's like a cultural thing that we're missing it could be yeah yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> can it what's that i live in the south canada goose <laughs> so someone honk? doesn't need them anymore <laughs> no it is a hundred degrees where i'm at right now it's great i hate it anyways <laughs> yeah so you you didn't really have a favorite scene in the movie or favorite urban legend in the movie I would say my second favorite urban legend is that whole story about the killer being in the back seat oh and okay yeah because I I have this tradition I might have mentioned this already where mm-hmm. every October I just binge watch horror shorts on YouTube I see. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them are created by independent artists on this channel called Altered. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took a brief break from that for a little bit. And I just started watching animated versions of urban legends. And I was re- reminded of that killer in the backseat story. I see. See, it, no, no. I just, as you explain these as stories, I think the other reason that I feel so detached from them is that like I don't know what you read on the news is true and what you read in stories is fake and I guess I've just never like 
I guess just story, telling a story out of what you saw on the news is just not something that I would do, which is what I feel like is what is behind an urban legend, either that or gossip, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of it is centered around anxieties of the time. You know, Mm -hmm. like in a lot of these stories, it's all centered around a young, innocent, Mm -hmm. mostly white, you know, typically white woman who's being basically followed or stalked by a killer. Mm -hmm. And I think that just goes to reflect some of the culture feelings of cultural feelings. Oh, yeah, true. There was like a killer panic at the time. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 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 So I think I think that just goes to express general anxieties because back in the 60s and 70s, women were gaining more independence. You know, they were being more widely accepted into universities, whereas previously you didn't really see that in the States. Um, so I, a lot of these urban legends that we hear, like the one, the aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights, that takes place in a college. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was used to fear monger amongst female students at that time. Oh, you no, know. That, that makes perfect sense. I didn't think about that. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because a, a lot of these are centered around young women, like mm-hmm. the, the whole concept of babysitter being alone at night and then she gets a call from a killer and it turns out the killer's in the house that's also from the 60s yeah the girl and her dog alone Mm -hmm. in a house oh okay that is a huge thing that I was missing that thanks for bringing that up that makes a lot more sense yeah yeah so I think that's why I like the fact that in this film the killer is a woman oh Um, typically you don't really see that in horror movies honestly even still and definitely not in 90 slashers so I do think it is a little bit subversive in that regard and I would want to be like oh it reclaims this like horror narrative because it kind of doesn't but it does give it a different feel yeah it does try uh something new in that aspect and I agree with you I now that you've said all these things I can kind of respect it for making the killer a woman even though I didn't understand it, I can kind of picture where you're coming from in terms of the fear that people felt, which probably caused them to uh, mm-hmm. to, to spread these urban legends. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. really interesting. See, you can talk about the movie and society <laughs> and do your research or whatever. Thank you. I just have no life. And oh my God. I know. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to watch all four seasons of Urban Legend now, and I can't wait. <laughs> Honestly, I forgot that that show existed and I used to be obsessed no, with it. No, it's time to watch it again, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's time. Yeah, I, uh, I I did watch an episode of that show before this recording and I made my partner watch it with me, of course, as I do. Um, and at the end, they were just like, oh my God, this is insanely good. We need to keep watching the, the show. The Urban this Legend is- show? Yeah, because it's also like, it doesn't take itself seriously. Is it like, like on Netflix funny. now or is it? It's on Tubi, so it's okay. free okay. Uh, for people that want to check it out. It just takes a more like, I guess a more like realistic job at Urban Legends. And it just goes to show how a lot of them are based around reality or things that could happen and it's just fun to guess whether yeah. or not you got I the mean, urban legend right. If it holds up like 15, 20 years later, it's probably worth checking out. It's not, but oh, okay. it's great. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, like I said, my final thought, I'm happy that this film had a mix of 
I guess victims for lack of a better way to say it but the fact that it's perpetuated by a woman does make it be a little bit more modern yeah in in terms of its interpretation of urban legends yeah no and I I'm glad I learned something in talking about this yeah yeah. I'm so happy I could share this this. yeah yeah and I, I feel like the 90s and the early 2000s were also a respawn of these urban legends. There's another film, really popular slasher film that had come out, I believe, before this one. And it's called I Know What You Did Last Summer. And it, oh. takes, it takes that urban legend of the killer being inside the house and it makes it a main plot point. Um, and then there's some other films, too, like. The Blair Witch Project, which takes the legend of the Bell Witch and makes it into a film. So I do feel like there was just this cultural resurgence for some reason in the 90s. Well, it makes sense, right? In the 60s and 70s, they're kids. They grow up in the 90s and then they start Mm -hmm. making movies about what was going around when they were kids. Yeah. And I I feel like the internet also might have played in a part of that because you you remember the early phases of the internet where it was like the wild fucking west and nothing was like credited and any any type of information can be uploaded you know like that's when creepypasta really thrived i was not on the internet for that part i wasn't on the creepypasta part of the internet so that's the other reason i don't know any of these things oh wait did you did you not have to deal with like dial-up and all that yeah but my dad has been computer crazy since mm. before computers were a thing. So like, you know, we always had like the, the security software and like, mm. we always had everything. The only thing I really remember now that you mentioned it is like the chain letters that would go around in our emails and yep. all the urban legends on there. But like, yeah. even then it was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't I- want to get five copies of this email and delete them all because <laughs> I know you. I'm not going to die. <laughs> Yeah, and I would I would also argue that the ring is a modern retelling of those chain emails. Mm-hmm. Or at least like, you know, like in the same era retelling because it's all based around the VCR, which was also thriving in the 90s. So, yeah. It's it's fun how all these things are connected in a cultural standpoint. Yeah, like in a cultural standpoint where there's not a lot mm-hmm. of information, mm-hmm. like verified information and just a lot of like room for imagination and also a lot of fear yeah yeah I'm so happy that we were able to talk about this because I obviously know too much about urban legends yay (laughs) don't get me started on Mothman oh my god I'm still obsessed with Mothman that one of these days one of these days yeah oh my god yeah urban legends and like American cryptids Okay, you know, maybe I just hate urban legends because now that I think about the Mothman, I also remember I hated that movie. <laughs> wait, wait, the movie? There's a movie, yeah. You watched the movie? Yeah. You are you serious? I haven't seen the movie at all. You want to watch the Mothman? <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. I don't remember much of it. So, I mean, if, if I was like, 10 and watching it for I know all I know I could have hated it because the colors were too dark or something but I don't remember much about it I just remember that I don't remember it I'll just leave it at that I don't (laughs) it came it went similar to urban legends itself yeah yeah yeah
Yeah, I do think it's funny that I feel like this film kind of got lost in the cultural conversation of the 90s, even though Mm. it's very 90s. It was fun to even watch the movie and see the different fashion styles. Like that's when heroin chic was all the rage and everyone had the aesthetic of heroin chic and it was just like, what the fuck? But it's fun too. There's definitely some styles that you could see in the film that are popular now. And it's just like, oh man, goddamn curtain bangs. (laughs) All right. I guess we're doing this again. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've said everything I have to say. Mm. And Matty, have you said everything? I think I have as well. I guess my final argument for this being even more of a 90s movie than Scream is that it starred Tara Reid. And ah. Tara Reid was the it girl in the 90s. Um, she was best friends with Paris Hilton. Oh. So, yeah, so it was really common to see them and that whole aesthetic together and I I just think that it's funny that they made her be this typical sexualized character you know we Mm -hmm. see a lot of horror movie tropes and cliches in this film and they kind of stick to it a little bit like we have the scholar that's Paul we have the virgin that's Natalie we have the the slut character, which I only use in a horror trope characterization. Not that I would actually use that label myself. And that's Sasha, played by Tara Reid. We have the jock or the douchebag, and that's Parker. So they hit some strides that are pretty well recognized now. I see, I see, yeah. Yeah, overall, great movie. Well, on that note, we, we'd like to now tell you the tale of a... Uh two people who have a podcast and one of them gets murdered on the podcast I I don't know I can't I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Uh uh-uh don't you unfriended me Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh oh my god no okay quick side note during the pandemic there was this huge rise of like pandemic related films right yeah and one of the films that resurfaced was called unfriend or I think it was called Host and it's on Shutter, And it's literally about a group of friends on a Zoom call during the pandemic. And like one of them gets murdered, like some shenanigans happens during the horror movie. So no, I'm good. <laughs> we both live. Yay. Yay. Yeah. yeah I, I was not going to get very far with that. But anyway. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. If you have any suggestions for us, you may send them to spookycornerpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore spooky underscore corner for all of our updates. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much and tune into our next episode. Whenever we drop it. Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs>